joining you from our headquarters in Madison, Wisconsin, USA. This is Callie with Let's Be Frank, a Franklin Fueling Systems podcast for anyone wanting to learn about all things petroleum equipment. In this series, we will chat about how regulations are affecting our industry and how our products and installation services can help us create efficiencies for fueling systems. Welcome back, everyone. I think it's about time we speak frankly about the newest UST regulations that we've been talking about for a while now. In previous episodes, you might remember me asking Nicole and Anna how the UST regulations affect our containment products. Well, today I'm with Gary Saltz, our senior field service engineer, and he is going to explain to me what the regulations are and how they might affect you. Hi, Gary. Hi. So in October of 2018, so just last year, the Environmental Protection Agency came out with new regulations for underground storage tank systems. There's more testing to ensure stations are compliant with proper operation and maintenance of their equipment. Can you explain to me what the big deal is with these regulations? The new regulations that were enacted by the EPA um, actually take testing for service stations to the next level. If you remember right, we haven't had any new updates to the regulations since 1998. So we've gone a long time with, with those regulations. Regulations for 2015 going forward take uh, testing to the next level for containment testing and secondary testing, overfill protection, those types of things. Okay. So we were talking earlier today about these regulations and when they began. Can you clarify what the process was? So when were these announced? How long did people have to get in compliance? Um, And why did October 13, 2018 be the official effective date? The EPA started with different guidelines that they had sent out for review. Um, There were different organizations that had access to the EPA guidelines. And through uh, public input, there were certain things that were changed throughout. In 2015, then the um, regulations were accepted and then produced to the different states. So for the difference between it is whether you're a spa or a non-spa state. The 16 states or territories that are non-spa states had to enact the new testing by October 13th of 2018. All right. So then what's the difference between what is the difference between spa states and non-spa states? Okay, the difference between a state and a non-spa state is that a spa state means that their underground tank program was accepted by the EPA. The non-spa states means that those states did have an underground tank program, but there were guidelines in it that the EPA did not accept. the, the correct terminology is that the state program approved SPA regulations set criteria to obtain the authority to operate in lieu of the federal program. There are 16 states or territories that currently do not have this approval. That does not mean that the non-SPA state programs, underground tank programs, were not acceptable. So does that mean that they don't have to accept some of these regulations or do they just get different times to accept it or different ways? The best way to explain it is the difference is that a spa state um, has time before they enact the EPA regulations. Some states 2020, some states 2021. 
the non-SPA states had to comply with the EPA guidelines by October 13th of uh, 2018. So in other words, if you're in a non-SPA state like Wisconsin, right, that means that your service station has to abide by both state and federal guidelines. So in other words, you could have a state inspector show up on your site and you have to meet the criteria that the state has enacted at that time. But you also must comply with federal regulations. So by October 13th, you will have to have um, your containment testing, overfill uh, protection testing, those types of tests. So whose state has the most strictest guidelines then? Um, I would say right now it's California. Um, Their guidelines are set forth where they're testing the secondary of their lines, of their tanks, and of their containment constantly, which is secondary containment monitoring or SCM. Um, Franklin offers a product to that through their FMS guidelines. Um, Probably other states have also included secondary testing before this. New Jersey, um, North Carolina has a little stricter guidelines than most. But with the EPA guidelines, it really sets the framework for where everybody has to be equal on the minimum that they can do. Now, the issue comes in is that there are cities that can actually institute guidelines for testing that are more strict than what the state does. So in other words, um, you might go to a state like Missouri and have one set of guidelines and then find a city like St. Louis that might have a little bit stricter guidelines that meet the EPA guidelines, but then exceed it in one way or another. You must be aware of what those guidelines are. Oh, so that makes sense. How... So if you are, let's say you are in St. Louis, how would you find out what your guidelines are if you if you don't know if they're more strict than the EPA? Great question. Best thing to do is check with the local underground tank program operator and ask them for their guidelines. During this time, many of these states are still going through the process of generating what their new guidelines are going to be. Currently, there are only two states that have program approval on underground state programs. That is Oklahoma and Utah. Everybody else has either applied or will be sending in their approval to the EPA to make sure that they meet those guidelines. Okay. So going back to the regulations, how are they changing and what do people have to do now to stay compliant? Okay. With the new regulations, the biggest thing is addressing new products that are available to the industry, as well as defining what can be used with new fuels, E85, biofuels. So the regulations really address that. And they also address older products that while they worked um, in the past, they've kind of outlived their livelihoods, like ball flow fan valves. Sure. Um, but testing has really that's what they've really addressed to make sure that spill protection, overfill protection, interstitial monitoring of lines, containment testing, where you're using the containment as your interstitial for your piping systems. That's what that was really strongly addressed in these new rules. Nice. So now that we've discussed our products and sort of what they mean to us. What do they mean to our customers? So what are Franklin Fueling Systems solutions to these new tests and maybe name, you know, like an example or two. Okay. 
In the past, we talked about the Defender Overfill Valve, which was a great addition to the FFS product line, which really addresses overfill protection. Overfill protection has become a dominant um, request for marketers that their tank is not overfilled and spills out onto the forecourt or other places. So the Defender has to be tested or your overfill protection has to be tested every three years. The great advantage of of the Defender is that it can be left in place to be tested. We're also seeing marketers make changes in the products that they're using, especially like spill buckets. They're going from a single wall to a double wall spill bucket. The Defender spill bucket addresses those needs. We're seeing marketers switching to double wall um, dispenser sumps, which still have to be tested every three years, but they give it that added containment, which gives marketers that reassurance that there will be no um, pollution loss. And they can test these anytime? They can test them every three years and it can be done with a vacuum testing instead of incorporating water into the system. Oh, So how would they have had to test them before? Before, if you have a single wall uh, dispenser sump, um, you have to actually physically fill it with water. And then after you pass the test, then you have to dispose of the water properly. Depending on the state, um, if you have contaminated water, now you cross over that line where you're going from a UST regulation to a DOT regulation because now you're... um, you're actually making contaminated water from the site. Sure. Makes sense. Seems a little bit easier now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, the double wall dispenser sump makes it easier for your testing. Um, Your test time is a lot less. Um, You don't have to shut the site down. And when you're talking that the average um, site test is going to be three to eight hours, you're shutting your site down for three that those that time, that eight hours. If you're using a vacuum test on a double wall uh, spill bucket or on a double wall dispenser sump, your downtime is much less than what it'd be if you were to test with water. Thanks for explaining that. Uh, what happens if I'm not compliant? So when I do these tests and let's say something fails or, you know, I was preparing for this and something failed or in the future, in the next three years, something fails. What am I supposed to do? Do people have to dig up their sites or does it depend? It really depends on the site where you're at and the state that you're in. Best thing to do is to notify your state official and let them know, hey, you know, my spill bucket didn't pass a test or my, um, dispenser sump didn't pass a test. I think if you're if you come forward and you address it with the state, the state's going to give you leeway to fix it. Obviously, you're going to have to do some kind of repair right. or replacement of that part. If you try and hide it and you're you're known of this part that's failing and you take it out to the nth degree, that's when the state or the city or the local municipality can actually uh, fine you um, for failing to uh, make a repair to something. The, the worst case scenario is that you, if you leak into an environment, because then that opens up a different doorway into different um, problems. Right. So how long do our products, are they expected to last in the ground? Great question. Um, each of the products have different UL listings. Underground pipe is UL 971 um, listed. So 
if the product is tested to a UL standard, that standard defines how the product should be tested. Um, the average life of a convenience store is around 27 years. UL 971 pipe was tested to a standard that should take it out to a 30-year window. Um, other UL products depends on their testing and what what products it was tested with. Was it E85, biofuels, those types of things. So the best information to get from that is to talk to the um, product manager and to find out what specific is that test criteria for those products. You know, if I install a product and it's test and it's compliance, it should essentially last for a long time. Correct. The biggest thing that you want to make sure is that you match the product to the um, fuel that's going to be handling. Obviously, you're not going to take a mechanical leak detector that's used for gasoline and use it for diesel. But now it's getting Obviously. right. <laughs> but more technically is you want to make sure that if you're using something with a high ethanol or methanol content, that you use the right seals, you use the right submersible, those types of things. The obvious thing, like diesel versus gasoline, is now the easiest part. The difficult part is E15, E85, making sure that the seals, not only within your submersible, but in your dispenser, your entry boot, all work with the products that you're defining. So this is all great, but how can people find their regulations for their state? How do I, you know, how else do I know? First of all, you can you look at the EPA website and look and see whether, first you gotta start out whether your state's a spa or a non-spa state. If you're a non-spa state, you know, you might even have a problem now because you would have had to completed testing by October 13th of 2018. If you're a non, if you're a spa state, you have to actually go to your state, look under your state underground tank program and see what their um, date is that they will enact for the program, what the regulations are going to be. There's a lot of public forums out there. If you're in a specific state, it gets a little bit more complicated if you're a bigger marketer and you're in multi-states. Say you're a big marketer and you're in 30 states and it's they're going to be different. And don't forget that a city can be more strict than what the state is. Can we help them? Absolutely. If it's a very confusing time right now, I would suggest the first thing to do is if you cannot find the information that you need on a website and it's constantly changing, it's constantly be up to updating, uh, contact your Franklin uh, salesperson. Um, if you need an answer right away, please call FFS technical service. They can reroute you to the correct person and we can get you the answers you need. Awesome. So we have listeners in other countries. What what about other countries? How does this affect them or what regulations? Did they have anything changing last year or in the upcoming years? Um, the states that or the countries that follow the ULL program, they'll actually benefit from these changes because the changes that we're making to the Franklin products, actually, while it doesn't affect their fuels and and their rules and regulations, they're getting the benefit from an upgraded product that they're going to continually use that, that does have UL approval and that they'll be able to use on their site. Um, Mexico and Canada at this time do not have any big changes um, that I'm aware of. 
good to know. Well, thank you for explaining all that to me. And I hope this was helpful for everyone else. Thank you for being on my episode, Gary. Thank you. To learn more about our products and how we can help you stay in compliance, visit our website at franklinfeeling.com or check out our online university at university.ffspro.com.